For a brief period of time over the weekend, the Boston Bruins were second in the Atlantic Division, in terms of points anyways. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about why the Bruins should be feared or at least respected by fellow Eastern Conference playoff teams. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So please do subscribe and never miss an episode. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, if you are on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LockedNHLBruins. Same handle on Instagram. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Lifelong Bruins fan. Been hosting this podcast since October 2019. Been covering this team for various outlets uh, for about 17 years. And... Um, yeah, feeling pretty good about our Boston Bruins these days, especially after a 6-3 win over the New York Islanders on Saturday afternoon that really reminded me of those games not too long ago where the Bruins would just roll over the opposition on home ice and reminded me of how good this team has been and perhaps still can be here over the next couple of years. And there's a few reasons why I say that. First off, I really think Bruce Cassidy should be commended for finding some pairings to build his forward lines around. There's been so many new faces on this team over the last calendar year or so. Go back to last year's trade deadline when they added Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar, Mike Riley, and then in the offseason you had Eric Howla, Thomas Nosek, Nick Foligno, Derek Forbort, uh, and Hall re-signed as well. So where do you fit all these pieces and not only that, how do you deal with the loss of David Krejci, who was a stalwart at the second line center position for so many years? It was uh, automatic that Hall and Krejci would be paired together. But with Krejci gone, where does Hall fit in? Uh, at first, you know, it was status quo in the top line. Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle tried to be a thing on the second line. There was just so much that was off in the first half of the season. And even Taylor Hall talked about that after the win over the Islanders on Saturday. 
He said the start of the year with the Bruins schedule, they played sometimes one every five days, three days, hard to get some traction and momentum. Uh, from the January 1st break on, or the return to play after the holiday COVID break, they've had a good schedule in terms of keeping momentum and playing well. Fans, management, coaches, people were wondering what the Bruins' identity as a team was going to be. And in the room, they kept focus, and everyone's really turning the right way. And I think part of that comes down to Bruce Cassidy's decision to build his lines around various pairings. You had Bergeron, Marchand on the top line, Hall, Pasternak on the second line, Coyle, Smith on the third line, and then Noslik, Lazar on the fourth line. Those had all uh, proven to be effective pretty much right from the get-go. We know Marchand Bergeron, of course, for years. Smith, Coyle played well last season. It was really bumping Hall, or sorry, Pasternak down to the second line that made the big difference and helped people find their place. Uh, you had Jake DeBrusque bump to the top line. Eric Halla filled in the second line center. Trent Frederick added to the third line. Nick Felino finding his place on the fourth line. Add it all up, and you have four very good, effective lines for the Boston Bruins that are really rolling at a high rate. So that's one reason why I think the Bruins are a team to be taken seriously. They have these lines that they can roll out. Three of them contributing offensively. The fourth one can bring some energy and uh, establish the forecheck throw the body around, even they can chip in offensively at times as well. With the second line, Eric Hala playing incredibly well as of late. Uh, I still maintain it probably doesn't matter who plays that role with Hall and Pasternak on the wings, uh, but still, he is doing the job very well to the Bruins' benefit. Now, even if you go back to the beginning of the season, the Bruins' underlying numbers have been very strong. Right now, 5-on-5, five five, expected goals for, which takes into account, you know, shot attempts, shots on goal, but also the quality of the chances being generated by the Bruins. They rank number one in expected goal differential, 5-on-5, five five, in the entire NHL. And that's just not a testament to their uh, offense. We've all watched this team. We've seen, you know, the tendency to overpass or a lack of success actually scoring. But it's also a credit to the fact that they are suppressing opposition's chances against. They've been a strong defensive team all season long. And they've added Hampus Lindholm to the mix, which is only making them better. The one thing that has been a strike against them has been their shooting percentage, 5-on-5. Five five, still third lowest in the NHL. So if that begins to turn even further, the top team right now, Minnesota Wild, 9.7. So if you think it rises to middle of the pack, which would be about 8.2. 
the Bruins will be even that much more dangerous. So that's the second point. Strong underlying numbers. Strong defense all season long. Forward lines that are effective. And finding some chemistry. And finally, Jeremy Swayman. Since being recalled from the AHL, he was sent down to accommodate Tuka Rask's attempted comeback. Since January 30th, when he was recalled from the AHL, made his first start, Swayman is 11-2-1 with a 9.32 save percentage. The only regular goalies in the NHL who have better save percentages over that time are Darcy Kemper with the Colorado Avalanche, 938, and Igor Shesterkin of the New York Rangers at 936. Swayman's goals against average is tops among those three as well, 1.9. The Bruins have a legit number one goalie in Jeremy Swayman, and Linus Olmark, for his part, has played pretty well in spotting um, spotting our boy Swayman. Not putting up quite the same numbers, but he is obviously supportive of Swayman and as good of a teammate as you can ask. Since Swayman was recalled, Allmark 5-4-1 with an 890 save percentage. So Swayman clearly... Not only the number one on the Bruins, but also one of the top goalies in the league over the past couple of months. So those are three reasons why I think the Bruins should be seen as a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference and could very well challenge the likes of the Maple Leafs and the Lightning for second in the Atlantic. We'll talk more about the Islanders game as well as look a little bit ahead to tomorrow's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first, a quick word about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market without question. I don't know how they do it, but they also have made a wonderfully healthy option for you if you're feeling snacky or as a energy supplement for your day. I personally love the Puff Bars. If you haven't tried their Puffs, you're really missing out. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, Low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bar with these delicious alternatives. They're really better. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away by the high-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb specifications. Now, like I said, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. You can go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. Go check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's a daily rundown from our local experts of the previous 
night's action. Boston Bruins, with Patrice Bergeron back in the fold, uh, took it to the New York Islanders on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Bergeron said after the game he believes the success can be attributed to each player in the dressing room buying into their respective roles, no matter how big or small they might be on any given night. A guy like Nick Foligno signed with the Bruins, probably not expecting to be a fourth-line guy, but that's the best spot for him at the moment. Um, Charlie Coyle, projected to be second-line center this season, probably best suited for a third-line role. He and Craig Smith have been rolling, and Trent Frederick has been, uh, I don't want to say a revelation, but he has fit on that line. He's physical, as we expect, but he's also showing a bit more creativity offensively as well. The Bruins were coming in after a statement game against the Lightning, and Bruce Cassidy said it was important for the Bruins to put their best foot forward. Um, and to not allow themselves to fall into kind of a trap game against um, the New York Islanders. This time of year, teams out of the playoffs get up for these kind of games as a challenge. They want to bump better teams down or say, even though we're not in the playoffs, we're still a good team. Um, especially in the Eastern Conference right now, there's a clear divide between the top eight and the rest. Um, and the Bruins took care of business, got the job done against the New York Islanders. It was Bergeron's 1200th career game, making him the 120th player in NHL history to hit that milestone. He said, I guess I've been around for a while, been a long road, gone by fast. The first 1,200, um, he's appreciated the moment, thankful for everything he's been able to go through. He now ranks third in Bruins history, games played behind Ray Bork, 1,518, and Johnny Busick, 1,436. And, of course, his jersey will be hung from the rafters alongside those and others. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said after the game, he told Bergeron he needs him around for 1300 and beyond. We all know there's some uncertainty about Bergeron's status following this season as he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, Cassidy said, obviously Bergeron loves it here. The Bruins love having him. They talk about what he does for the team all day long, both sides of the puck, leadership on the ice, in the community. Uh, him and his wife, Steph, when new families come to town, they always welcome them. Just can't speak enough to how important Bergeron is uh, to the Bruins on and off the ice. And uh, can't believe it's been 1,200 games for Bergeron. I remember him coming up as a rookie. Um, the hope was that the Bruins would have Joe Thornton and Patrice Bergeron in the mix for years to come. Didn't happen. It was Bergeron Krejci. And um, yeah, we we're just so fortunate to have had this guy as a member of the Boston Bruins for so long. Uh, David Pasternak coming off a hat trick against Tampa, scored again. 
against the Islanders. He has 29 goals in his last 37 games. Uh, he did go to the bench in what appeared to be some discomfort in the third period. Uh, Cassidy said he wasn't sure if it was related to an ailment that came in the Bruins win over Winnipeg earlier this month. Um, didn't think so. He's kind of been fighting through something, but hasn't missed any practices or games. Hopefully this isn't something that develops into a bigger issue. Taylor Hall had an amazing game. Um, beautiful tip off a Charlie McAvoy kind of slap pass on the power play that McAvoy, who was mic'd up, called a, a Sid tip, kind of giving Hall a bit of a nod as a, a Crosby play there. Uh, not natural for him to play in front of the net, but he's starting to figure it out and getting a lot more chemistry with the guys on the first power play unit. And talking about chemistry, Eric Howla, uh scored as well in this one. He has seven points in his last three games. And again, that trio has found something special here that, you know, I talked about how the Bruins probably should have tried to upgrade the second line center position, but they had, at the end of the day with Hall, Posternuck on the wings, Halla is proving to be a very um, capable second line center for this team. Uh, he did it a few years ago with the Vegas Golden Knights when they went to the final. Um, and whether it's a first year bump with a new team or whether it's, yeah, the result of playing with those two talented wingers, Halla is currently thriving in that position. I'm going to give Big Bear to Taylor Hall. He led the way with three points in this one, a goal, two assists, four shots on goal. And uh, he has really put in a fantastic first full season as a member of the Boston Bruins. He's up to 14 goals, 35 assists, for 49 points in 65 games. You know, not quite the 93 points he put up a few years ago with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, not a point-per-game pace, per se, but he's playing just fantastic hockey for the Boston Bruins in a secondary scoring role, and uh, the Bruins are better off for having Taylor Hall in the lineup. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. The Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast is free and available as well. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone will help you become the expert of your fantasy league, free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I mentioned the Bruins had been briefly in second place in the Atlantic. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won on Sunday, beating the New York Islanders as well. So they are back in second place, but it's incredibly tight between those three teams. Tampa Bay, 41, 18, and 6. 88 points, 677 point percentage, plus 33 goal differential. The Maple Leafs, they're 41, 19, and 5. They beat the Florida Panthers on Sunday. 
87 points, 669 point percentage, plus 42 goal differential. And our Bruins, identical record, 41, 19, and 5. 669 point percentage, a plus 26 goal differential. Um, all three teams with 39 regulation or overtime wins. The Maple Leafs have the advantage in regulation wins, 35, Bruins 33, Tampa Bay Lightning 31. So it's going to be very interesting down the stretch to see how things shake out. The Bruins with a real opportunity here to finish second in the Atlantic to get home ice advantage in the first round. At the moment, they're listed as the first wildcard team which would put them in line to play the Carolina Hurricanes. That would probably be the worst-case scenario for the Bruins. Although Florida will be a very tough opponent as well, but uh, they lost to Toronto last night. I'm not sold on their goaltending. I mentioned before, Sergei Bobrovsky with a sub-900 career uh, save percentage in the playoffs. On tap for the Bruins this week. Big game tomorrow night at TD Garden against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're level in terms of games played, so a win would put them ahead in points and point percentage. And then uh, the schedule gets a bit, I don't want to say easier. There's no easy games on the schedule, but they play the New Jersey Devils on Thursday. Uh, they play a home-and-home home with the Columbus Blue Jackets to begin the month of April. And then they played Detroit as well on the 5th, the back-to-back uh, one game in Columbus, one game in Detroit. Uh, so some very winnable games on the schedule. They do have two games left against uh, Toronto, including the one tomorrow night. They play Tampa Bay one more time, and they play Florida one more time as well. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how things shake out in the Atlantic Division. I think that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, Twitter still abuzz with the pursuit of slappiness at the Oscars last night. That was pretty wild to see Will Smith on Chris Rock. Um if you're interested in megachurch being exposed, we watched the Hillsong documentary over the weekend, uh, which was pretty powerful. I think they could have gone a bit deeper in some areas, uh, but really enjoyed that one. And uh, tonight, going to try to catch up on Peaky Blinders, maybe winning time, and of course, keeping an eye on the out-of-town scoreboard for the Boston Ruins. Quick fantasy hockey story for anybody who's interested. My salary cap keeper league came down literally to the final seconds. I was the underdog coming into the fourth seed, playing the top seed, just squeaked into the playoffs, third-year expansion team. My opponent had Cal Peterson in net for the Los Angeles Kings. If he got the win and... They allowed only one goal. He would have got the 
weekly victory. It was over the last two weeks. It came down to this. Morgan Geeky scores with four seconds left to give me the win in the save percentage category, 9-10 to 9-09. That one goal with four seconds left was the difference, and I'm off to the next round, which is uh, pretty wild. Anyways, thank you again so much for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. We've already hit a download high for the month of March, and uh, hopefully April is just as big and exciting. Let's get into it. Please subscribe if you haven't already. We'll talk to you tomorrow to tee up a huge game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Take care, friends.